Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Just before we get into this week's episode, episode number 157, I just wanted to set some context as Catherine is out of town this week and I had an amazing conversation with a former coach of Catherine's who we have had on the podcast many um, many months ago. I mean, even I think a couple of years ago, her name is Amanda Renee and Amanda has been a coach and a healer of Catherine's for many years. She is a miracle worker. She's such a magical being. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you and just wanted to share a little bit of her bio with you. So you have some context as to who she is and why you, this episode is for you. In this conversation, we talk about attracting love through peace and pleasure rather than pressure. Um, Because so many women just feel so much pressure when they're dating and pressure from the external world, pressure from themselves, pressure from their families, pressure from their friends and, you know, social circles. And so if this is you and you experience that feeling of pressure when you're dating pressure for it to work out, I mean, gosh, pressure shows up in so many ways. Definitely check out this episode because Amanda's genius is in really um, helping people create ideal, like whatever they desire, attract whatever they desire from such a place of pleasure and magic. She just, she's really, really special. So I'll read her bio. Amanda Renee is an international energy coach, teacher, and poet. Her fascination with healing started when she was 19 years old and miraculously healed an autoimmune disease. And it has led her on a 12 year journey of studying and mastering the most effective healing modalities available. Amanda now helps clients around the world, world do the impossible thing, whether that's healing a chronic illness, creating exponential growth in their business with ease or attracting love. Um, she has amazing courses that teach their, her students how to create miracles in their life. So she's really just so full of life and such a magic magical, beautiful soul. So very excited to share her with you. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast, episode 157, how to attract love through peace and pleasure, not pressure. Um, Such a good title. The title was named by my beautiful co-host today. Um, Catherine is not with us today, but I brought in a an old guest facilitator who was on the New Truth podcast. Do you know when that was? I should have looked. Uh, it had it would have been the end of 2019 because it was right after I had left my marriage. So okay, it was the beginning of 2020 then because we didn't start till 2020. It was the beginning of 2020. Perfect. So it was at the beginning of the New Truth podcast, we had Amanda on and it was, I mean, go back to that episode. I I mean, I really should have looked it up, but it's okay. Scroll back and look for an episode with Amanda Renee, but I have Amanda Renee with me today and she is a magical, magical woman who I met through Miss Catherine Danielli. 
Um, Catherine has done a lot of work in her business um, with Amanda and Amanda has completely transformed her life in so many ways. And yesterday I was, I was looking for someone to do an interview with because Catherine's away right now. And I was like, angels universe, send me someone magical. Who could I have a conversation with? And then I was on Instagram and Amanda was the first person to pop up. And I was like, (laughs) she's, you are one of my favorite people. I always message you. I'm like a super fan of her Instagram. What is your Instagram? Is it just Amanda Renee? It's Amanda underscore underscore Renee. Yeah. Okay. Amanda underscore underscore Renee is spelt. Well, you'll see it on this episode, but how do you spell it? Yeah. R-A-N-A-E. R-A-N-A-E. So Amanda is just, I mean, she, so her business is called the house of miracles and she is, I mean, really just like the guru of miracles, the expert of miracles. She (laughs) lives a life of magic and miracles and helps women learn how to create miracles in their life and learn how to break free from limitations and like all these, you know, our, our patterns, what we talk about all the time on the podcast so that you can actually live a life that is magical and fun and nourishing and feels good and filled with love and wealth and whatever, you know, excitement and adventure and travel whatever you desire in your life. So many of us are living in that limited frequency and Amanda's just creating and sprinkling magic all over the world. And I am a super fan. So I follow her Instagram and I don't, I don't watch stories very often, but you're one of the people that I always click on your stories and they're so Ah. engaging. And I just love watching your life unfold and, and you just following wherever the universe takes you next and just living a unscripted life. Really? Yeah. I love, i love that the whole brand and mission that you're on because yes a hundred percent for the unscripted life and yes. that like every time you tell me that it makes me feel so tickled like oh I'm <laughs> the best so so if you want to be inspired I think you know Instagram it's like who are we following that matters so much if you're going to be on that thing make yes. sure you follow people that you feel expanded by and inspired by and uplifted by. And that's why I love your videos and just living this magical life and following your heart and following your truth and going wherever life leads you. And it's been so beautiful to witness since I've known you. And um, so I'm super excited to dive into this topic with you today because Amanda, like this is, I mean, attracting love through peace and not pleasure. I feel like I know you shared your story fully last time, but I would love for you to give like a snippet of this part of your story, your love story of how you attracted um, your relationship from this place. And um, yeah, maybe just anything you can relate to there. Let's start there. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for um, all of that love and adoration. I feel very rosy in my cheeks. Um, and I don't know if you can see, but it literally says miracle. I have like a neon sign that says love um, magic, magic money miracles for those. Yes. I do love it so much. And I am a big believer that life can be, that life is actually designed to feel miraculous. I don't think they're actual miracles. It's just when we're living in correct relationship with energy and our bodies and our unconscious life actually is designed to flourish. Like we are designed to flourish and be prosperous. Um, and it's just a matter of kind of healing the places that fell out of alignment with that. Um, including in relationship, which is such a great cut. I mean, at times kind of like a minefield, but it's such great fertile soil for healing and for getting into alignment with like all that's possible for us. So I just, I love, first of all, you and Catherine personally so much, and also 
what you're doing here with this podcast and with both of your missions. And I am so happy and thrilled to be here. It was a great message to receive when you asked me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, when I was first on the podcast, it was because I had just, I was married to a man and I had just, um, kind of was on the end of a six year journey of realizing my authentic sexual orientation was lesbian, that I loved women, that that's like what had been missing, which that was a whole, whole journey. Um, but I had been in an open marriage so that I could explore that and, um, kind of accidentally fell in love and, and realized these truths about myself um, very unintentionally and life, I would say unintentional. I think what, that's, what's interesting though. And like, I could tie this to what, to two things. The first time I ever experienced a supernatural healing where like, it wasn't like I set out to do these certain things. And then I was healed was when I was 19 and I had arthritis. And for like, I was just like, I just know that I'm going to be healed. I just know that I know that I'm not going to have this forever. Uh, but I didn't set about doing anything intentionally. I had no idea about like all the different healing modalities that are available or like our unconscious mind. I just kind of lived from this place. And I think it's the same with how I met my now girlfriend, Annalise, like I actually didn't do a lot of intentional manifesting around a relationship, um, which I can't say I would, I think it's great to do intentional groundwork around that, but it really was just a matter of like, I followed the breadcrumbs of my desire one at a time and, and harnessed the courage that it took to tell those truths, like just to be gut-wrenchingly honest about who I was in each moment, yes. um, which is hard, right? Like that's really uncomfortable, especially when I was uh, partnered and married with someone who some of those truths were like very much in contradiction to my current circumstance. But I, I really believe that our desires are a sign of what we're designed for. And so when they're interacted with like that, like your desire is a truth about yourself, not necessarily something that you need to go implement right away, not necessarily something that you need to make happen. Right. And that's where like the pressure comes in when we interact with our desires. Like I need to make this happen. And like, I'm going to be so angsty and unhappy and like the gap in between now, like if I acknowledge my desire and how different it is from where I am right now is, isn't it just going to cause more dissatisfaction mm. rather than like that desire is just a truth that you get to own about yourself. And the more you kind of like recollect all these pieces of yourself, it's really showing you this picture of who you really are. And it's the most natural limit liberator limitation. Like you don't actually have to go seek out your limitations or your limiting beliefs. You can just own your desires more and more fully and it will naturally do that for you. And so mm. I've actually not ever put thought about that in these terms. So I love this conversation already, but I think that's really what <laughs> was happening is like, I just followed a, a desire, one little crumb of desire at a time. And it ended up leading me to a fuller version of myself that I could have never just figured out and like put together. And um, yes. I think that's a really beautiful thing about life and love that like, if you'll go one truth at a time, you end up somewhere far more beautiful than if you try to like plan it all out and vision it all out before you're actually living it. Yes. I love, this is so important. And I love that you started here because I think like so many women think that magic and miracles or humans is, is all oh, manifesting. And there's just like, there's so much misconception in 
all teachings. Like so, there's, yeah. there's some teachings that have like deeper roots to them and some that aren't integrated or embodied. And then it's, there's just a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of people saying the same things and we get really confused. And so manifesting, you know, so Matt, it's funny that the word man is in there for those women <laughs> who are trying to attract a man. Um, it's like when, when you're manifesting a relationship, most people are doing it from a place of like, it's still a checklist. It's like, yeah. what's the relation? What do I want the relationship to look like? What do I want the person to be? And I'm experiencing a, dating someone right now. And it's like on paper, not at all what I thought I would ever desire. Right. And yet I feel more connected to this man than, than I felt, you know, like it's, it is such a beautiful experience. And mm -hmm. so like, that is what, what's available to us and what we actually like all, I love that you said one breadcrumb at a time. Cause it's like, your desires, you only, you only know what's here right now. Totally. And we're always our, our, our ego mind saboteur, whatever is always trying to figure out the future and trying to go at, way out there mm -hmm. and map out what your life is look like, look what your life is going to look like, but what's underneath that's actually control mm -hmm. and trying to control a mm -hmm. reality. And what's underneath that is feeling afraid that we're not going to have what we desire. or We're not going to have a good life or we're not good enough or we're not yeah. worthy dig mm -hmm. deeper. Like, so that's where most of us are operating from, even when we're using these spiritual tools to try and control our reality versus you followed. Like, so coming back to the title, peace and pleasure, not pressure, peace mm -hmm. and pleasure exists here and now, like spirituality 101 since the beginning of time is be <laughs> here now, <laughs> be here now in this moment, learn how to actually be in the vehicle that is your body yeah. and follow what feels good. And from that place, you'll naturally come home to more of who you are and give yourself permission to follow what feels good, even if it doesn't seem normal or everyone else around you isn't doing it. And that, that's why I love your story so much. Even the piece of your marriage that you only committed to him with the, um, with the agreement of having an open, if I remember your story correctly, the agreement oh, yeah, of having, when we first started dating. Mm -hmm. Yes. You yeah. first started dating. Yeah. It was like you had, you would only date him if he was open to you exploring with women. And cause you had that desire and you weren't willing to like shove it. Most women would just shove it in the trunk and be like, Oh, like, I'll just repress that. And I'll just marry this yeah. guy. Cause I'm supposed to, even though I'm Hopefully really be all right with that part of myself. Exactly. <laughs> like you claimed it. You, exactly. You claimed it right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it one moment at a time. And I think that's such an important, I love what you were talking about of like being here when we interact with desire as a part of ourselves to reintegrate and to claim it's so much less pressure filled because I think some of the, it's often the reason why we don't, or why, like, a, I think all humans, but like in particular in this way, women will just be like, well, I'll just put that to the side or I'll just, because we don't know this is all humans actually, we don't know logically how it will work out. And we often have conflicting desires or we're like, mm -hmm. or it, like our, our desire, I think is very connected to divine intelligence. I think it's the literally like the blueprint of your soul can be uncovered through your desire. Even the root of the word is day sire. It's like of the Lord, which mm -hmm. take that for take the gender and like all of the dogma out of it. But like, it really, it's like the divine imprint of who you really are. Yeah. And so when we look at it like that, rather than something that we have to make happen, I think that's why it, it leads us to places that we could have never figured out for ourselves. Cause all we have is like a very limited picture of ourselves and a limited picture of what's possible. And so to follow each breadcrumb is like, you, it doesn't mean you have to, like, I didn't actually, I dated my ex-partner for I think three years before I really started doing any exploring with women because it mm -hmm. took me that long to be able to integrate it and be ready for it 
So it's not that like owning your desire means you have to suddenly do something. And I think that's where the pressure can come from. And like the way that we relate to desire, especially for love is like, rather than it being like, this is just a part of yourself that you get to have intimacy with and that you get to be honest about and that you get to pull close to you when we interact with it from this place of like, now I have to make this happen or it's when it's so externalized or it creates more um, discontentment with life rather than more contentment. But when it just becomes a part of you, that's like giving you a fuller picture of yourself, suddenly the pressure is so much lessened because you just get to, it's like a a process of getting to know yourself and you can do whatever you want. You could just hold that desire close to you, like a sacred little treasure and just Mm -hmm. see how life reorganizes around you when you get more honest with yourself and with the people around you about it. But I really love that specific distinction because there is, I think, so much pressure to make it happen or to think that something's wrong if life doesn't immediately match. And, And rather than this, like, what if it really could just be about intimacy with yourself? That's what, yeah, that's what I feel like it is, is like intimacy with yourself. And I mean, that's what all relationships are just relationships with ourselves. Cause like, you know, when we're mad at our partner, it's like all our own shit coming up when we're like excited by them. It's our own pleasure we're experiencing inside of ourselves. Like it is intimacy with yourself, especially when you're in relationship with yourself and you're, you're on a, on a, you're in a relationship that's intended to help you grow, not to repress who you are, like the old paradigm has taught us to do. So I feel like, you know, with desire, it's like, so let's say, I mean, okay. Often women are like, Hey, my desire is to be in a relationship. Okay. Well, you don't you can have that. I always say, take that desire and be like, okay, universe, I desire a relationship give it to the universe. And it's going to come when you're meant to have the relationship. But if you, if you boil down your desire, cause the relationship is a thing that's outside of you. So if yes. you boil down that desire and you chisel away, and I'm sure you'll have um, other ways to say this too, but you chisel down into like, what is it that you desire from a relationship? Okay. I desire yes. sexual liberation. Okay, great. Go take sexy dance classes, take some Tantra workshops, do some things that liberate, take a, my friend, Jamie, the holistic sex coach who lives in Austin is um, we have her on the podcast a couple episodes and she teaches a course on um what's cervical healing where you like you learn how to have cervical orgasms and how to awaken your cervix as like Mm -hmm. a superpower and anyways there's two episodes on that but like study some sexual teachers with sexual teachers like Mm. work on it within yourself rather than just being like all right my desires are really if your desire is dependent on someone else and you're just like going to sit around and wait for them that's not really, it's kind of like missing the point. Well, and also there's no guarantee that it's going to do that for you, right? Like if all you, if what you really are craving is, is that, or like, or is like the experience of feeling adored or is companionship or like, there's so many different reasons why, like things were really, I love that you went there because it's like, that's just, there's no guarantees that that's going to do that for you. It's like saying, I want food, but like there's, that's like, very generic and very like, okay, but what kind do you want? Like, are you wanting to just get full or are you wanting to enjoy yourself? Or are you wanting to have like a luxurious experience or like what actually is with it? And I think when you start to get more honest about that, it makes, it's so funny because it feels, I think, scary at first for a lot of people to start getting that honest because we're taught not to like, we'll just accept the path that you're born onto and accept like, there's like these three different boxes that you can choose from and pick the one that you can best squeeze yourself into. So it's kind of like scary when people start getting this specific, I, I help a lot of people end up working through like, 
the paradigm of like, well, this is unrealistic and um, am I expecting too much and I'm just going to get disappointed. But really what happens is life becomes a much actually safer playground because it's far more likely that you're going to be satisfied if you're clear on what you want and why you want it and are like in, in, I always say like in integrity with yourself, not integrity, like the moral kind of integrity of like, you're not lying, but integrity, like structural integrity, like in architecture, if a building is integrous, it's going to stand. And so like something like what you're saying of just even getting clear on why you want a relationship will bring more structural integrity to your being, which means living becomes a far less tumultuous experience. It's not like there's not pain, but you have far deeper roots in yourself. And so you might get like a little bit blown, but you're not going to get knocked over by things. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I love it. And I feel like desire and pleasure, like when we follow our desires, that's when we get to experience the pleasure, pleasures of life and pleasure. Those words to me feel so intertwined. Um, and you know, the pressure, whenever we feel pressure, it's, it feels like, I think that, you know, probably a hundred percent of the time I'm going to say pressure is when there's expectations on us based on conditioning. It's not, that's not your soul. That's not what you're like, pressure to have a baby, pressure to partner, pressure to what Mm -hmm. pressure, like that's societal expectations. I just, you're programming on what you're supposed to be, because the reality is if you're going to be a mother, you're going to be a mother. If you're going like, you're no matter what, even if that means you end up adopting from another country, a seven-year-old, like you're going to be a mother if that's what your soul's here to do. Uh And, but that's going to happen when you're not, when you're not trying to control everything. And I mean that, you know, how so many women get pregnant after they adopt or after they um, do in vitro fertility and then they get, or they, no surrogate, they get pregnant. Like I heard a story of this woman who um, she ended up getting pregnant and the surrogate and had five babies between because she got a surrogate because she couldn't get pregnant. So she stopped trying so hard. And then she had to fight. This is in Vancouver. She had five babies. She went from zero to five. So it's crazy. And it is, that's what happened. Like, because the pressure constricts. And so often we like, we are taught and conditioned as you were saying that pressure is a really good creator. That pressure is a really good motivator. Like we're kind of, we're taught to be like constricting or even our nervous systems are conditioning. Constricting is the way to get what you want and stay safe. When really, like, if you think about life, like pipelines, if you're wanting to create something new, whatever that is, you actually need the most space possible. Like you need more relaxation. You need more peace. You need more space so that you have a bigger pipeline for your desire to come and meet you. And for like what needs to come out of you, either through release or through giving to come out of you so that you can receive but we are conditioned to the opposite and we do ourselves such a disservice, not just because it feels bad, but like fundamentally, mechanically, it just doesn't work as well. Like if we're just looking at the physics of it and it's, yes. it's wild though, how much I, I did, um, I have a reel that it didn't necessarily go viral, but like people are just cont- commenting and commenting and commenting about how self-sabotage isn't real. Yes. And people get so upset when you try to take their shame away. Yeah, Like all it's saying is, yes, there are things we do that are unhealthy, but self-sabotage kind of gives this idea that like we would ever do anything to harm ourselves. And the truth is we wouldn't, our brains are wired mm. to keep us alive. Yes. And this like, oh, why can't I like with relationship and people are like, why can't I just stop picking this person? Why can't I get out of this pattern? It's like, 
that shame only keeps that pattern stuck longer because it eh, constricts you in. And people were got so upset. Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Unhealthy relationships exist. And I was like, yeah, it was wild. I never get pushed back online. And like, this is the first time that I was like, Ooh, fun. Um, but it was that it was like, oh, people get really upset because they think that the shame and the pressure is protecting them and is going to yes. help them change and it's going to help them get a different result. And when in, in reality, it's just keeping you changed to it longer. Yes. Yes. Because it, you're bl- now you're blaming yourself and it's not, it's not you like your, your yeah. patterns, your, your protection is it's primal. And it's been there since you were very, very young. And this part of you did serve you at a point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now like so much more is possible, but you know, pressure strategies. Exactly. So many outdated strategies in this world around us. that's constantly telling us who to be. And we never stop getting fed those messages about what our life is supposed to look like, who women are supposed to be, where we should be in our lives at what age and the timeline and all these things that keep us so far away from our desires, so mm-hmm. far away from the truth of who we are. And, you know, the word pressure is also connected to other people's perception of us because it's like pressure. We only feel pressure because we imagine we're being judged by the world around us and we're not like fitting in or belonging or not enough, or we don't measure up like everybody else. And so there's this pressure we feel from the outside in, but when you devote your life to, to living from the inside out where your, your life is no longer a performance for everyone else. I was thinking that when I was in London last week, I was having these moments watching people hustle and bustle and run to their Christmas parties and their sequin dresses and their partners taking selfies and on Instagram and whatever. And I was just watching it all happen so fast. It's such an intense city. I love it. But I was just like having this moment, this like out of body moment where I was like, it's like people are just playing house. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's like they're little kids playing house, except little kids are having a great time because they're actually in the present moment in their imagination. But adults like are just playing house, like totally in fantasy about what's going on, ignoring what's role really playing. going on, pretending, role playing, like, mm-hmm. like pretending they're happy, pretending that or like getting wasted to be happy or whatever the thing is. It's just it's like there, there's just this facade and this is the the performance like we're all like your script that you're playing out in your life mm-hmm. is mo- most for most of us it's a performance and it's for everybody else my life used to 100% be a performance and now like i've spent so many years getting more and more devoted to my own feeling good because before when it was a performance and it was all about other people's experience and expectations and wh- who i thought i was supposed to be I was so anxious. I was a mess on the inside. And now like my set point is feeling good most of the time. And when stuff comes up, I feel it and I move through it. And then my baseline is, you know, happy or peace or calm most of the time, because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling what arises. I'm, I'm tending to myself when I go through things, but coming back to that set point, because I live from desire, I live from pleasure. And that's, So coming back to the title, like peace and pleasure to me, like when I follow my pleasure and my desires and I actually listen and honor them and take responsibility for them, my life feels really peaceful and I, I I feel peaceful. And even when I was in London or at the airport on the way home, it was an insane snowstorm. It was snowstorm there and then everything was shut down and lights canceled. And it was like, sheep herd of people, no lines. You couldn't even see, like, I thought I was going to miss my flight. Everyone's yelling and screaming and freaked out. And it was chaos. And I (laughs) almost started going into it. And then I grounded myself, felt my feet, did my orienting. 
and came back to the moment. And I was like, no, I'm going to create a different experience here. And I'm going to sprinkle, I think I shared this episode in uh, this story on last episode, so I won't go on and on, but, but basically I changed the experience and I created a magical experience instead of getting into the muck. Cause we have that ability to have that peace inside when you, when you know yourself and you know how to root back into you and your desires and your heart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly like the best description of what I was meant when I was saying like, then you have roots. And so yes, life doesn't toss you to and fro in the same way. And I want to say that like that kind of peace, like that kind of potent peace is very different than peacekeeping than the kind yes. of peace that we get from controlling circumstances. And I think that's a necessary thing to name because a lot of times there is some, there's like a lot of upheaval that can happen when you move from being living from like what you think you're supposed to be to starting to like recollect these breadcrumbs of who you really are one at a time and like tell those truths about who you're finding out that you really are can definitely like upheave some things in your life that weren't built around your actual blueprint but the benefit is then you start to look up and like this to me this is like the creme de la creme of life is to look up at your the world around you and go this matches on the outside, who I am and what I feel on the inside, like to have that kind of this looks and feels like me in your world is again, like that is that kind of peace that is just far more stable than the kind of peace we get by like avoiding conflict or avoiding change or avoiding upsetting people. And it's, it is, I think that kind of peace, it's just like one of my greatest obsessions. Especially like that kind of peace that has you rooted in yourself is it's, it's something that you can't be taken from you. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And the inner world matches the outer world. I love that so much. Your life matches you. It's like wearing clothes in your palette. Like they match the beauty of who you are. It's yeah. Or like um, that fit you. Like that's such a great example of like when people are like trying to squeeze into clothes that don't actually fit them. And like, yes. Then you put like, get a, you size up and you get your actual size and you're like, oh, not only do I feel better, strangely, I actually also look better now that I've let go of this idea of like what I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to dress like and what my body's supposed to be. It's like, oh, okay. Yes. When I go with who I really am, things, it's, it's wild because they do actually look and feel better. Yes. We think that they're going to look bad at yes. first, I think. Yeah, totally. And then you all, and you finally look like yourself. And mm-hmm. this, this is, this is exactly it in relationships and how many, how many, I like what you said earlier about squeezing yourself into these containers that we're supposed to be, or we think who we think we're supposed to be, or what we think we need to be in relationship. It's like, you don't have to squeeze yourself. So it's a new year. And I actually would love, like, if you have any actual tool. I mean, there's been many amazing things, tools shared, but like any steps or anything that you can share with the inside, outside desires that, that processes that you have used that help, like it's a new year. This is an opportunity. We can even just throw in a little bit about resolutions and all that stuff, like how, you know, these things perpetuate us at being hard on ourselves and setting ourselves up for failure. And like, how can you actually create a year of miracles and magic, not just in your love life, but in yourself? Yeah. Oh, best questions. Mm-hmm. I want to actually give an example, uh, in my own relationship. Cause I think sometimes like tangible yes. things are really helpful as far as like, because so much of even, even resolutions get into like, what am 
what does the kind of life I want look like instead of what actually feels good to me, what actually feels fulfilling to me. And I think because I'm in a relationship with a woman, there are some conditionings that I've kind of been able to like dodge because it doesn't hit the same way as when you're in a hetero relationship because so much of the conditioning is just heteronormative although there's mm-hmm. some of it but so my girlfriend is an artist she's a film photographer and makes less money than me and for a, that was not a problem but for a long time it was like kind of like oh and I was talking to a friend of mine this past year and I was like I have the ability to be the financial provider in our relationship but it I felt, was feeling weird like is this codependent is this weird and is this all those things and she asked me a really interesting question she was like Amanda if you were a man and your girlfriend was this amazing artist do you think that you would feel shame about supporting her or would you feel like I was like oh my gosh that's a great question wow. no I would feel delighted to be able to and I, it would probably hit as like a pro- like I would get to feel proud about it probably other people would be like oh that's great how amazing that you can do it. and it was just such an eye-opening moment of, and it helped me own something about myself even deeper that like I love money I'm good at money making money comes easily to me like it's never been a high value for me in relationship but when I was dating men I kind of like felt like it had to be and like even my parents would be like kind of like that was one thing that when I stopped dating men I was like oh it was so relieving to have people stop at nope wild no one asked me about my partner's financial standing once I was not dating men anymore which was wow it like took me completely out of like well you need to be taken care of which was cool because like what actually feels most true to me is like I have never really cared like money is not something that's lacking for me so it's not something that I feel a lot of like I need that from someone else yeah um but it was interesting and it's been really fascinating to like walk that dynamic with each other. And my girlfriend who's more mask presenting, she presents as like soft butch. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people would think it would be reversed, but she's like far more domestic than me, like loves cooking, loves like if we had children would like just be the happiest person in the world to like be a full-time mom and just be with them and like Aww. create art. And so it was a really eye-opening moment to like actually get clear on what kind of support really feels good to me in relationship and that like it to get to kind of navigate that together if like what does it look like to create an equal partnership that's not like just well we split everything 50 50 or like do you know what I mean and like especially as a woman to step into that it was a big thing and so I share that to give like a tangible example of what I'm about to say which is I think one of the best things we can do is sit down and spend some time differentiating between what do I think that I should want Mm. and what actually feels good to me ah yeah which is kind of baseline question but when you actually sit with those and like get quiet enough to listen to what comes up it's pretty wild all the things that we think we should want that are like running in the background that we're still giving our agreement to that we're still buying into and a good indicator that there's like a desire that needs to be reclaimed is uh am I allowed to want this like is it okay for me to want this is there something wrong with me that I want this that's like a pretty good indicator because we're so steeped in shame yes because that for me with that moment it was like is there is is am I codependent is that why I want to do this is that like there was so much and it was just a really good indicator that there's a part of my design that's just outside of like the typical box that like what most people would ascribe to like a male or a masculine trait. Like it feels good to me to be the provider. 
when I feel like loved and supported in return, I would even say like nurtured, like it makes me really happy to then like be able to provide. And I think that's one of the most freeing things in the world and will get you out of, because how common is it to like get everything that you want on paper and then you look up and you're like, my, my career actually started, I was coaching, um, 50s, 40s to 60s, uh, successful business owners, men from the South. So conservative, like kind of, and my whole job was to help them go back and recollect the parts of themselves that they had left behind on the path to success. And every single one of them got to the end of their life, created all the success that they wanted and went, fuck, that did not make me feel how I thought it was going to feel. And that's, that is the result of creating a life. That's what you think you should want instead of what actually is nourishing to you and actually feels good to you. And like from the inside helps you flourish more. Um, and it's painful. Like it's, it's a painful moment when people get what they thought they wanted and realize that it doesn't feel good. Yes. Yes. And so for those of you who don't know what you desire, like start with little desires, even with like, and, and if, and probably if you don't know at all, nervous system work is important working in somatic experiencing a somatic therapist, like doing some nervous system regulation, because your, your clues are how you feel and like, start to pay attention. I'm actually in a somatic training right now for the next year. And, um, on our last call, she talked about like getting really, getting really personal with your yeses and nos and just start to pay attention to when something's really a yes, how does it feel in your body? How do you know it's really a yes? Is it your idea of it? Or like, how does it actually feel in your body? Those things that you've done that you knew you wanted to do, and then you loved doing, how do you know? And then the nose, how do you know your nose and start to just pay attention to that. And that will lead you to really starting to understand your desires and your desires are in your body. They're not in your head. They're not in your mind. It's not a storyline of what your the word shoulds in there. That's your conditioning. And, um, yeah. And that, I mean, gosh, almost all the women I've, women I've worked with have had done that, like the perfect check, all the boxes have everything I ever wanted, quote unquote, and woke up one day and felt dead inside. It's because it was coming from the mind, not from the body, not from true desire and true pleasure. So first you got to be home in your body. Yeah. I think an amazing way to do that as well is I always say when people are like, well, I don't know what I want. I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. Just start with what you have. Almost everyone knows that like you eat, even if it's just, you know, what you want for lunch. Like there is no, there is no, um, superior or inferior desire. I, I teach a course called effortless expansion. And the second, uh, principle of expansion is, um, your desire is the blueprint of your soul, but it's all about like how to relate to desire in this new way and and get deeper into these questions. But one of the things that I always start people with is start with what you have. Like you do actually have access to some of your, and one of the ways we like um, disorient ourselves is by going like, Oh my God, I don't know what I want. And like, it gets us into the spin and the, and again, back to the shame cycle rather than like, there's no difference. Like, I don't care if your desire is you want to paint your nails professionally every two weeks, or if it's like, I want to write a book on Socrates, like whatever the desire is, no matter how shallow or how deep it's, a piece of you. And so it holds the same value. And so like what we give our attention to grows. So if you'll just spend time with what you do have and treat it as these sacred pieces of yourself, even again, Mm -hmm. even if it's like, I just want to 
dye my hair a different color. Like treat that with the same value you would as if you, whatever you think you're supposed to know your desire already is if you had that and it will grow with so much more effortlessness because you're interacting with what already is and that will allow it to amplify far more. So if you're like sitting at these, those two questions of like, what do I think I should want and what actually feels good to me? You could start with three things. Like it feels good when I get a massage and like, I like grass, not concrete. Like they can be the smallest things. And I think those things get overlooked really easily. And people think like, oh, I need to have these big epiphanies or I need to be able to describe the whole vision of my whole life perfectly rather than just like, or like start with what you know in relationship. Like I love getting flowers just because it makes me feel special. And like, I like the spontaneity of it. Like it could be that small. Yes. Beautiful. So why don't you tell us about what you have to offer to support these women in stepping and reclaiming their desires and living from this pace of place of peace and pleasure. Do you have anything to My share? Like, world. yeah, I like tools or like actual, no, no, no. Like a program, a program oh, or yeah, effort, yeah, yeah. Talked about effortless expansion, like somewhere that they can go yes. to if they want to work with you or yes, actually I am super excited. I, this is the first time I've done anything outside of private, like super boutique coaching or retreats. Um, so I did actually just release a course called effortless expansion. Um, and it takes you through the foundational principles that I've worked with for the past eight years to help people create, like just really mind blowing miracles, whether it's like healing incurable diseases or growing a business with ease or like saving relationships on the brink of there are principles that you can engage with that are going to bring speaking of peace and pleasure are going to bring expansion with more ease because nature is literally designed to expand like we are designed to expand nature is designed to expand and when you know how to relate to the desires that you're wanting to see expand there's far less external effort that's involved it doesn't mean there's no effort but when you know where to place your effort so that it's most efficient, then things just go far smoother. And I really, I'm really excited because I've wanted to have a resource that I could offer that's not like come work with me in a really deep container for tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and that's still really effective. And so I, I just, yeah, I boiled down everything that I've done for eight years and put it into this course um, that is quite amazing. But for sure. Everyone tells me that's gone through it. They're like the core, the module on desire is everyone's favorite. Cause it's just, it's really game-changing when you have a different relationship with your desire and take the pressure away, but also take the, like, um, not just pressure to make it happen, but also like pressure to know. Cause now it's like, it's kind of known of like, well, if you don't know what you want, like you have some inner work to do. There's just all these different pressures when in reality, it's just such beautiful fuel and such beautiful data and insight about who you really are. And um, it's for, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So. Yes, I love it. And this it's so, I mean, I will do a plug. I did, I did it live with you and it's game changing and life changing. And so we will link the link below for, for ladies to join, but this, like, if you want to have an effortless miracle filled 2023. Like that's what's possible for you. And Amanda Renee is the guru of this, like magic (laughs) miracles. I I mean, just absolutely. Like if you want a life, that's not so fucking hard where you don't have to work so hard to try and make things happen, but you get to actually work with 
life supporting you to have a life that feels so good and pleasurable and easeful doesn't mean challenges isn't going to happen, but like these principles are mind blowing and you are a phenomenal teacher. I'm super picky with teachers and you're a phenomenal teacher. And I was so jazzed up by your sparkly, radiant, magical self in this course. So I highly encourage you to do it. How, how much is it? Um, it's 597. 597. So um, we will link it below. This is, and it's self-study. So you can do it over and over and over again. You can listen to Amanda, you know, while you're cleaning the house, while you're doing the dishes, while you're um, whatever, driving to work. Um, But it's life-changing. And thank you so much for being here. It's been so delightful to have this conversation with you. Amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you reached out and that like our schedule just happened to align. This is I love you and also love getting to talk about magic and pleasure and desires and seeing more women get what they really want and have lives that match them. I know that's what you and Catherine are creating here in such a beautiful way. So I, I am personally honored to just get to be a little part of it here. Yes. Beautiful. We're so happy to have you again, spreading the magic and creating the miracles and yeah, you get to have what you desire, but yeah, no more pressure. So we love you as always share this with all the women that you know, who need to hear this episode and happy new year. And we will see you next week. Much love. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the new truth podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.